thanks in part to Dee's embellished version of our second reading. We really had a fantasy novel type of story today, our lectionary readings today on this St. Michael and All Angels feast days. They include dragons, snakes, scorpions, exorcisms, and images of earthly war and cosmic battle. And this may not have hit you as being odd as we heard these readings today. And I think maybe some of that's given the current popularity of shows like Game of Thrones or Harry Potter or Lord of the Rings that have done much to make these kind of, a, of apocalyptic images less foreign to our contemporary sensibilities. But when it comes to our favorite fantasy TV shows and movies, at the end of the day, we know that all of those forms of entertainment are fiction, and that removes them, in a way, from the real-world struggles of our daily lives. It almost provides for us a, a form of an escape. And I want to affirm that that's a good and holy thing when we need an outlet. But if we understand today's scriptures like we would our favorite fantasy entertainment, I think we run the risk of seeing it as some kind of escapist fiction detached from our real-world suffering. So in order to reground these otherworldly texts in reality, we must remember that these texts weren't written as escapist fantasy narratives, but rather messages to a faith community facing real political, social, economic, spiritual struggles. I think when we can keep that truth of these texts in our mind, we know the connection between the cosmic, apocalyptic visions and the real-world suffering is strong. And while these texts may give us hope that Michael and all the angels have been battling evil on our behalf since before the beginning of time, the real effects of evil are still being endured all around us. Just today, I attended the funeral of a different Michael. Not the angel from our text, but Michael D'Angelo Serrano, a 22-year-old young man who was shot and killed in Bronzeville two weeks ago. Michael was a member of Holy Family Lutheran Church. He was baptized there and raised by our siblings there. And that's a church right in the near north uh, neighborhood of Cabrini Green, and a church we've done a lot of work with over these past years. And I personally also knew Michael when he was a high school student at Kenwood Academy in Hyde Park. We traveled together during the summer of 2014 to Eagle Pass, Texas for a Borderlands immersion trip with a group called Youth in Mission. And it was during that trip that I really bonded with Michael. I got to see the person who Michael really was. And I guess travel does that to you. When you're out of your comfort zone and away from home, you start to really see the real side of your travel companions. But with Michael, his real side wasn't one of anxiety or frustration when we were in even the most tense or unpredictable situations on that trip. Instead, he was one of the folks on the trip who always seemed to remain calm. He was focused, he was almost unflappable. And it was his gentle and steady presence on that Borderlands trip that was helpful for me as a chaperone, where I felt like I was putting out fires and mediating other conflicts with the other high school travelers on that trip. 
It was Michael's dependable calm that was like the rudder of our ship at times on that trip. Not to mention it was his smile that lit up a room and would lift our spirits whenever we needed it. Following that trip, I met up with Michael a few more times just to stay in touch as we both lived in Hyde Park. I knew that he was an at-risk youth and he could use some good mentors in his life. But as time passed, we lost touch. And I would sometimes ask people who knew Michael how he was doing, but little by little, I lost track of him until I read the headline shared by his family members. One dead, two wounded in Brownsville shooting. My heart sank, I knew that it was Michael. The evil of this world had raged again. And while our text says to us that the angel, Saint Michael, won and defeated evil, it felt like evil had won when Michael was murdered. And I guess that's where my heart and my mind and my spirit have been for the past couple of weeks since his death. But today at his funeral, in Pastor Eric Werner's sermon, he reminded us of the truth that evil has not won. And the bullet from the gun that took Michael's life does not have the last word. Because in baptism, Michael was claimed by God, and God always has the last word. Through our baptism, God will never let us go, for we have been made saints like Michael and all the angels, and we will ultimately find our victory and eternal home in God. But that doesn't just mean something for Michael now that he's gone, or for us in some otherworldly afterlife. That means something for us right here and now as well. Because what we believe about God's victory over the devil, the accuser, it changes the way we live our lives right here and now. New Testament scholar Craig Coaster, he writes, those who think that <coughs> Satan rages because he is invincible, they will give up in despair. But those who recognize that Satan rages on earth because he has already lost heaven and is now desperate, have no reason to resist him, have, have reason to resist him, confident that God will prevail. That is the hope we have today in Christ's victory, that Satan is not invincible. Because Satan has already lost heaven, and while Satan continues to rage on this earth, we can live in faith that God will ultimately prevail. These apocalyptic texts that we have read today, they, they read with a kind of existential urgency that also reminded me of another current event from my life. And it reminded me of our own existential climate crisis that we find ourselves in. And I was amazed as I and other Holy Trinitarians marched last weekend in an international youth-led climate strike. It was the clarity and the urgency with which the youth in this movement spoke. Their voices were prophetic. And we, as people, would do well to heed the call of our youth who are the ones with the most at stake in this climate emergency. The demonic sin of polluting and degrading earth is something that these youth activists are determined to put an end to. And the good news is that their efforts are supported and bolstered today 
with a vision that evil will be defeated, that it is defeated. While suffering may persist, and the effects of the climate crisis already in motion, today's good news is that the promise of the devil, the promise is that the devil has already lost. And that gives us hope. Hope for the future and courage in the present to resist the forces at work against the purposes of God. We have another opportunity tonight, a forum after worship that will introduce you to the two-year campaign, the covenantal relationship that we are going to be forming as a church with our synod anti-racism team. And it'll move us forward over the course of this next two years as a church that is committed to dismantling systemic racism in this church, in our world around us, and in ourselves. It's hard for us as people to admit the ways in which we have been complicit with the evil of racism. But it is in the recognition of this evil that it exists, not in the denial of it, that we are able to deal with it in our midst. So tonight you will be invited to participate, to start to learn about what this honest assessment of ourselves and our church will look like as we move forward in hope that we can be a more anti-racist community for the sake of the world. But we know, we know that the devil's time is short. And while it isn't easy to persist in the face of the devil's wrath, we know that St. Michael and all the angels are on our side in the battle. Moreover, God has prevailed through Christ over the forces at work against the purposes of God. Those demonic, satanic dragons that are raging everywhere, from gun violence to environmental degradation to racism, to that voice in your head that tries to convince you that you're not enough. Those forces and the voice of the accuser, they are coming from a desperate, defeated place. And while we, through the power of Christ, we can and we will overcome those forces, and we will ignore those voices, trusting in the victory of Christ. It's true, the evil around us is real, but it has been doomed since the beginning of time when it was beaten by St. Michael and banished from heaven. And its time here on earth is short, and our time with God is eternal. So let us move forward in the promised hope of Christ's victory for us. Amen. Amen.